0: Roger Williams University is hosting a crisis management seminar on May 3rd at their Providence campus. Crises, whether a natural disaster, cyber attack or financial instability, can have severe repercussions if not handled properly. This is where crisis management plays a pivotal role. Join Roger Williams MBA students and expert speakers to learn how to prepare for the unexpected. The program is totally free and open to the public. You can register online at rwu.edu/events/crisis-management-symposium.
1: This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast.
0: As Rhode Island's first ever member-owned credit union, Navigant Credit Union has been a staple in the local business community for more than 108 years. Today, Navigant is a $3.4 billion institution serving more than 136,000 members across 25 physical branch locations. But since its founding in 1915, the mission has never changed. Navigant Credit Union's team of financial professionals have remained committed to improving the financial well-being of the families, businesses, and communities they serve across Rhode Island. Learn more at NavigantCU.org. Half Street Group brings a new generation's perspective to leadership communications, strategic public relations, and digital marketing. Half Street helps organizations and leaders take control of their own stories and manage their reputations. They get results for their clients by focusing on audience, message, and culture, and by leveraging their decade-long relationship with media and opinion leaders in the Ocean State and throughout New England. Join me and Half Street Group founder and president Mike Rea for a conversation every month about news of the day, the hottest media analysis, and a look behind the scenes at how impactful leaders drive conversations. Learn more at halfstreetgroup.com. Com. Bartholomew Town is presented in part by the University of Rhode Island online who offer a wide array of programs. Learn more by visiting uri.edu online. It's a story of municipal government, a saga of sorts, and really, quite frankly, some proxy wars that have been fought in the town of Narragansett for the last 14 years. And wouldn't you know it, it all comes down to A goal and now the manifestation of a new library in the town of Narragansett expanded today into the category of naming the library. It's a fascinating saga that I've been watching play out over the years. And we're going to talk about it this morning here in Bartholomew Town. We welcome Lori Kelly, who is the chair of the board of trustees of the library, which, you know, some people would say is named and others would say is to be determined. So Lori, thanks so much for your time.
1: Oh, thanks so much for having us. We, we Take,
0: really appreciate it. Of course. Take us through the journey here over the last 14 years. Anybody who hasn't been paying attention to this, and I'm not sure how many people you know, follow the nuances of Narragansett municipal activities on a daily basis, but this has <laughs> been quite a story for quite some time.
1: Correct, correct. I'll try to, I'll try to make it brief because it's like one of those stories that you can talk for hours about it. So, uh, I was on the library board and in 2008, patrons, meaning members of the public in Narragansett, approached the library and asked for you know more space because we have a lot of educational meetings, a lot of community meetings. Uh, the library is very popular because we can't charge like other municipal buildings. You know, if you wanted to rent a room, you had to rent it. The library is free. So we, in ba- way back 2008, we had a brief uh, encounter with an architectural firm. which said, "Can we go up another floor?" It was phenomenally expensive. Like to add 3,000 square feet was over four million dollars. So then we started looking at. For in 2008, we could probably get most of the way to a library at that point. Um, the state of Rhode Island has a program that will reimburse the town uh, up to 50% for renovation and building. Narragansett had never claimed that money. And so we looked at other you know, sites in Narragansett where we could move to. We hit upon an empty supermarket in the pier just across the parking lot. And that seemed like the perfect situation. It had been empty for, I think, about 10 years. We got on the ballot uh, in in two thousand and sixteen asking the people of Narragansett to support a bond for five point eight million dollars to finance moving the library sixty seven point nine percent of the people in Narragansett who voted supported that idea. but unfortunately, at that same time that we had the election, we got a diverse uh, I'm sorry, not at the same time. We had two more years where we were trying to get the land away from, you know, the strip mall. It was zoning and planning considerations. We finally, as a town, bought the building in 2018, in October 2019, an adverse council came in. And they decided to sell the library and cut the library's budget. And, you know, that's where the mess started. And we had to litigate against the town to finally win. <laughs> and build the building that we have now opened.
0: What a journey. And I think for some folks that look at this, they'd say, well, you know, the adverse council perhaps had fiscal concerns of their own. Perhaps, again, as I alluded to in the open, in fact, I'm fairly certain there was an element of proxy war going on, so to speak. Uh, People, you know, just sort of putting their, 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 staking their claim, so to speak. But, the reality is that a library is a precious municipal service that certainly, I think, serve, super serves so many different aspects of the town, um, particularly in Narragansett, from the standpoint of the location, where you know it's right in the. It's not in some obscure part of town. This is the heart and soul of Narragansett from a tourism standpoint, and some cases from just an economic development standpoint. So this library is essential and it's wild to think that it took so much effort for this project to be executed
1: it 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 really is and we get questions all the time like what was what was the reason and it's very hard to see what the reason was because you know i look at it like if if i was an elected official and there was a referendum and the town voted 54% you have a decision you know the town has supported it. Narragansett has a highly educated population. They knew what they were voting for. Um, you know during the years of the adverse council, they kept saying, "Oh, they didn't know what they were voting for. They were they were being told one thing, but it wasn't really on the ballot." Um, you know when we when we got it on the ballot the second time, it was the same amount of people. You know different numbers of people, more people, I believe, voted, but uh, the same percentage voted to to have the library and also. Building a library is one issue, but, you know, what was their justification for for destroying our budget? They cut it over 54% during that war, um, which is, you know, Rhode Island, rightly so, values public schools and and public libraries and, you know, has a lot of uh, laws regarding the support of them. So it's just really sort of astonishing what happened in the fight.
0: Libraries have definitely become part of a culture war conversation in this country that has gone off the rails. You know, there are some people who have decided that libraries, librarians, not unlike teachers or other folks in just the broad space of education, are contributing to, you know, they'll say that it's a sp- it's a space for grooming and things like this. Did you ever get the sense that there was sort of the culture war aspect of You know, let's let me just come out and say it. There's folks who say, "Well, you know, these uh, certain books should be banned, and libraries have these books, so therefore the library is now you know anti-American or anti-youth or something like that." These are weird claims that I've heard. um, We've seen play out in other spaces. Did you ever get the sense that that was going on?
1: Um, you know, certainly because in such a a uh, diverse population—you're always going to have comments about your books or your materials or your what you're doing. But during this particular fight, I would say no, it, it was not from that. It was uh, and and again, if you follow Narragansett with coastal access issues and everything, it's it seems more like it's uh, us against them. I mean, there was a lot of uh, discussion by the council. That why should we build a library for URI students because you know libraries are free for everyone they seem to un- misunderstand the concept, and um, you know we had uh, someone claiming that libraries shouldn't be having educational talks they shouldn't be a community center. all of those things should be moved off library site to another town building, you know a senior center or something so so it was more it was more that which which I mean, I guess it could be some sort of a cultural war, but not what you're referencing that we've all been watching nationally about book banning, et cetera. It was Mm -hmm. more about services and um, I don't know. We would always joke and say it's sort of like playing Sims, you know, with the town buildings or whatever.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, again, it's a really interesting case study in what really is the mezzanine level of government, the municipal level, whether it's councils or even school committees, where These have practical implications in people's lives. People want a library. They voted for it. The town deserves it. The town ought to be serving the wants of its population that voted for something, whatever the case may be. It's anti-democratic not to. So the blockades were just mesmerizing to watch play out. Now we're on to the conversation of naming the library. It's Mori Lunchens. Is that pronounced correctly? Mori Lunchens. Mori Lunchens. That's... That was the name of the previous library, which is for folks who aren't familiar. It's basically adjacent. It was adjacent to the, the uh, police and fire station, um, across from diagonally across from the surf shop and, and that part of town, uh, the same exact part of town we're talking about now, just a mere hundred yards away. But what's the naming controversy right now if there is one?
1: Well, um, we had a you know a weekend of celebration, the end of January, of um, thanking all our donors, which I, I do want to touch upon that when we come back to. Please, um, and after directly after that, uh, Senator Reed, who's very supportive of libraries, came and did a ribbon cutting. The very next day, we got notification that the town council was going to put on an agenda item about the naming of the library. Now, um, our li, our library was, uh, Narragansett Library and was changed to honor a former, uh, town manager, council member who was Maury Luchens, very, um, was involved in town, I don't know, 25 years or more in various capacities, was thought very highly of, died suddenly and they named the library after him. So from 2007 or 2008, we have been known as the Maury Lucian's Memorial Library. Um, we are that as an institution. We're recognized by that with the state consortium. Uh, so in my mind, we do have a name. I think the town council's looking at it like, well, we now have a new building. The town council has the right to name that. So they have said, you know, to the board, come up with, you know, a recommendation as to what to name it. Honestly, we're so fatigued. We wish that it would just stay the Maury Lutchins Library, um, you know, and, and sort of, You know, if somebody if somebody has an idea to change it or want to do that, um, you know, certainly there are reasons why people are considering other names, but we just don't want any more fights. I think (laughs) is the is the if we could sidestep another controversy, that would be good. So I would
0: would understand that. I think most people would. It just again, it seems like why why open up that that Pandora's box of sorts when it comes to the name? (laughs) Wow. What again? I encourage folks who want to take a deep dive on this. I think there is something. I don't. Again, it's not. This isn't. You know, the Dred Scott decision, but there's certainly a, a case study here that is really important to take a look at, and um, the dysfunction that can occur at the municipal level that again has real implications for people. And also, by the way, libraries. Again, I'm super pro library in general. I don't know many people who aren't, but. They obviously play a huge role, a vital role in city services. They also bring people joy, and they inspire curiosity, and they satisfy a craving in a digital age, although libraries have certainly become quite digital as they've met the needs of modern times. They're a resource for people to find that analog, just almost ancient way of finding out about stuff and satisfying their inner curiosity. And blockading that in any way is just, what are
1: you doing? Well, well, we would certainly agree with that. And we would say, you know, uh, combating fake news, for instance, is you need to know how to come in and do research and get reference materials and find real facts. So that's also something that's becoming more critical now. But if I may... Could I speak a little bit about what it did cost the taxpayers? I'd love to hear that,
0: and I'd love to hear about the donors, and I'm sure everybody would be very interested.
1: Oh, okay. So um the entire time we were pitching this project was because OLIS has this, um, in Rhode Island, this amazing um, program to reimburse up to 50%. So um, we were speculating that we would get money from the state and we would get money from the donors. And the 5.8 million was, because in 2016 was between 5.8 and 6.5 where we thought we could build this building out. Well, obviously things went up. The more you delay a project, the more things increase. We had the pandemic, we had steel prices going, you know, escalating phenomenally. Um, So, Basically, the way it worked out, the total cost of the project was ended up being about nine million. But I'm very proud to say the town's, you know, taxpayers really are going to end up paying around 2.66 for the entire thing. Because of the 5.8, the state is going to reimburse 3.14 million on that bond. We had, um, 1.1 in donations, you know, while this fight was starting up. And then another, uh, 850,000 in donations. And these are people that live in the community. Some of them are only seasonal community people that gave us huge amounts of money. We got a Champlin, uh, foundation grant, uh, over a two-year period that added up to 650,000. And then we did have, you know, other funds in the library, such as there was a Maury Memorial Fund that had been started. And so there was some money in that as well. So, Basically, when people were, you know, and you're right to say that some of the things that they, some of their talking points were, we're fiscally responsible, we're not going to spend a penny more than 5.8. They're not even spending anything near 5.8. So I'm just really proud of how everyone rallied around the library, not just with words and deeds, but, you know, with with finances as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, really interesting. As you said, I mean, that number, it's not the minimus, but it's certainly close to it at... Uh, 2.66 or thereabouts. So lastly here, as people begin dreaming about or continue to dream about the summer and they find themselves in Narragansett, or just even right now, anybody who wants to look at, at the new building or come to the library, it's in the peer marketplace. Anybody who's not familiar with that, it's where... Uh, Nana's Ice Cream is. It's where tr- <laughs> Trio, which is going to have a new name or something like that, coming pretty soon. The old movie theater's there. There's a great cafe there. Uh, Queen of Cups. Um, the Pokey Place used to have the, uh, the record shop there as well back in the day when I was growing up in town. But the, the reality is that it's right there in the heart of Narragansett, and anybody who's in town um, even for a day should check it out. What about special programming? Where can people find out about some of the events or any more information they'd like to learn?
1: Well, mostly it's our website, which would be, I think you can access it by either Googling the Maury Library or the Narragansett Library. I think both both names lead to us. Um, we have posted, and you can get on a, an email list so you get our monthly updates. We also have a small, uh, we do have a Facebook page. I don't think it gets updated as much as we should, but um, there's a lot of events going on there. And more as we settle into our new building, little glitches, you know, trying to trying to get everything to work and know what key opens what door at this point. But we're working on it and we hope to be back with all our programs very shortly.
0: Lori Kelly, thanks so much for your persistence and go libraries.
1: (laughs) Thanks so much for having us. We
0: really appreciate it.